Hey everyone, uh, coming up we are going to discuss with you a celebration of Mr. Potter. Also we're going to be talking about the Comcast land purchase that just happened, a little bit of Universal Mardi Gras, and uh, the Hard Rock Hotel. So all of that live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida. This is the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Now this is normally the part that I would cut to music. Um... I was going to ask if you wanted me to beatbox for you. Oh, okay. Go ahead and beatbox. Siri can do it. You want me to ask her? Um, Yeah, let's do that. Siri, can you beatbox for me? Here's one. I've been practicing boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. This is episode 73 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. Cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. So, uh, of course, this is really awkward, especially for the people out there who are uh, who are watching and not listening. I am your host, Craig Williams. Uh, right, literally minutes before the show started, uh, I was ejecting my hard drive that has all the files on that we needed for the show. And, of course, whenever uh, I went to plug it back in, uh, it no longer worked. So just just right before we started, we lost our intro, our outro, uh, some buzz stuff, and another video that was going to play. Uh, so I do apologize uh, for the uh, unprofessionalism that's happening here right now, but... Um, we're going we're gonna to push through it anyways and try to have a decent episode. So, again, I am your host, Craig Williams, and uh, joined at the table today right now. Um, it might be weird that I am back here, but that is because I have Rhino Clavin at the table. Uh, he's going to be talking about his celebration of Harry Potter coverage. Yes, I am. Yes, you. Yes, I are. am. Yeah, I've never sat in this chair before, so it's weird. This is the first time I've ever like looked right at this window behind me, thing right in front of me. It's exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is. Yeah. So uh, I, I know what you guys are thinking. Where is JL? Um, especially if you already watched today's Daily Fix that went out. Um, unfortunately, one of uh, JL's children ended up being sick. Um, and right whenever we were getting ready to start the daily fix. So she had to do that and then take off and leave. So, um, yeah, so that's why we are one short for the second week in a row. So, you know, we we did debate just going crazy at the last second. And uh, instead of doing the coverage that we were going to do, go into the second annual Crino Awards. But, <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, Back by popular demand, week number two yes. of the Crino Awards. In fact, we are rebranding this podcast. Yeah, we might as well just make it the Diz Unplugged Crino Edition. We'll just keep handing out awards to anything that we want the entire time. Crino Award for the best sandwich of the day goes to me, because I, I made it. Yeah, I absolutely. I did not make it. I had an apple. Uh, we we don't know the type of apple, but I did have an apple, uh, an orange, and some delicious Triscuit crackers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that has been your Crino Awards for today. People were requesting the uh, child catcher video, but unfortunately, <laughs> that I think that went went with the hard drive. Yeah, you know the the funny the funny part for me is actually that uh, 
I didn't. We we had something even better than the child catcher know, video today, yeah. and it was just one of the things lost. I mean, if Rhino talks long enough, it might still happen. Okay, I but can, uh, I can I can do that. I can w- ramble for you. It would take a little bit of rambling, but no. So uh, yes, the child catcher. There was a a really big mistake that happened in the Children. middle of it. Children. So. <laughs> I don't want to see myself while I make these weird noises but well, that's this, i guess that's what the rest of the world has to deal with so yeah that's the it's name of the turn. game yeah so of course yeah we have a really really big episode uh for you today i don't think it's that big i don't think it even think matters anymore yeah. Uh, yeah no it really doesn't this is a mediocre filler episode in which Rhino's going to just talk about his his weekend that he had at the celebration of harry potter which wasn't even a full weekend so i don't i don't want to use that term uh too strictly but uh, yeah, he's going to be bringing his coverage. But there is some big news items that are buzzing right now. Yes, absolutely. There are some big news items that are buzzing right now. I don't, I'm just going to have to interrupt everything right now for a second. Everything just kind of feels off because we didn't start with music. Right? It, I feel like we're still in the teaser and we're just like. You know, like, when you watch a show, like, this happens on, like, Flash or Arrow for me a lot. Like, I'll get, and I'll be like, oh, they're not doing the teaser today? And then it cuts to the bump, 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 bump. And I was like, oh, that was a really long, long introduction. There's a movie that does that, too. Is that Serenity? The opening of that movie? It's like that whole scene where they're breaking River out of jail, and then finally you're like, that was just the beginning of the movie? I mean, there's a lot of movies that do that, where it takes, like, 20 minutes to get into the actual opening credits and i hate that i just don't like it uh so we're we promise that this isn't like a joke all of a sudden we're just gonna have it go up and then it's gonna start that that's not happening here we're just gonna have to fight through this awkwardness that we're feeling um so so yeah (laughs) so yeah we are gonna talk about what's buzzing here first and uh honestly the first thing that is buzzing today uh well not today it already happened but i'm talking about the confirmation that comcast did purchase uh adjacent land to uh universal studios or universal orlando resort for a hundred resort 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 it's just a, it's a wonderful dessert type yes. of a feeling it's, it's the resort um yeah they bought it for 130 million dollars and got over 400 or just right at 475 acres of uh, untarnished land in the great land of International Drive. Okay, I, so I, I know there was a map on there, and it's bad of me to question the map, but I'm wondering, like, are you able to, like, maybe Google that while I ask you a question really quick? Because I'm just wondering, like, in relation to where the two parks currently exist with CityWalk and their hotels, where is this 475 acres? Like, will this mean that is it going to become like a Disney World situation where like none of the parks are really actually right next to each other? Or is it going to be – are they going to stay in line with the how they have it right now where it's walkable distance from studios to Islands of Adventure and City Walk? Because I feel like that's kind of Universal's um, – like their thing is that everything's walkable. For them, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that intentionally is their thing or not. You're just gonna let me keep going, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you know, for those of you who have never been, you can walk to practically everything there. Yeah. And, so yeah. no, I, I totally. I'm right there with you. So from what I understand, uh, this is supposed to be roughly the land uh, that is 
that was purchased. So, uh, of course, you can see on the bottom you have Universal Boulevard uh, right down below. Uh, Sand Lake Road is kind of cutting uh, right up to the top of some of the land. So not that far down, actually, from Universal in all aspects. Wait, so Universal is the top left corner. Is that that, that one yeah, that's, the road around it, right? that's right where Universal would be. A little bit up out, outside of the, the picture of this screen. Um, you mm-hmm. can't see Universal Orlando, obviously, in this exact section. But uh, Universal is just up there. So uh, another theory and thought into it is uh, Wet n' Wild isn't that far away, actually, from this area so uh once wet and wilds closed and completely demolished since it's no longer going to be used anymore it's almost like they're they're going to start playing a game bounce too from here and there to there and here Hmm. and all that and so uh uh, you know and this is all just from what i understand in in this whole game of universal so i don't think that honestly it's out of the question to say oh you know you couldn't walk to that new section i mean if you're athletic fit enough yeah you could uh, i'm sure they will devise some sort of transportation whether it be buses or uh, yeah. uh buses again or um a tram car monorail style type thing well what was the original um the person put out that said like it was enough land to build how many it was like two parks right or one park and like three hotels or something um, I, I can't remember. No, I think that was originally. all. I don't know if anyone said anything originally. I thought it was all just speculation based on the land that's being used for stuff like Disney World already and Universal, how much you could actually fit in that area. I, I could be absolutely 100% wrong on this. So here's but. my here's my thing. Do you think that they'll announce their, their – the, whatever it is. Let's just assume it's a theme park for right now. No, we don't know that for sure, but I'm just I'm just going to go on that assumption train. Uh, it, do you think that they're going to try and make a theme park that will open the same time that the Star Wars expansion opens at Hollywood Studios? Uh, do you think they're trying to do that whole, like, we've been bouncing up higher and over everything that Disney does, and now this is our next step in that in that phase of what they're trying to do? No, I don't think they're going to do that because I don't think it's even possible for them to get to something get that constructed open that before. Yeah, even if they... Even if they put out the contract saying that they wanted a park to open up by this point in time and let the construction companies start bidding on it, uh, I, I just don't think that anything would go through with it. They've, they have to have plans somewhere out there for what they would do uh, with this land. It can't just be like a complete surprise, like, oh, you know, we... We don't know what we're going to do, but now that we know we have land, we're going to do something with it. They have to know what they want to do. Um, it's just in terms of uh, a timeline. I don't. I don't see that likely. Again, I'm in turn. I might be somewhat of an expert on Universal Orlando, but I don't follow the whole rumors and you know try to try to get information from people who work in important places in terms of Universal. I don't. I don't try to go searching down answers for them to what the future of universal is going to be um i just wait for the announcement i I, i'm one of those people where i'm just like people can play imagination all they want and i guess we do work for a website that (laughs) that is something that people want to know like we can speculate all day but until somebody even and sometimes i don't even like finding the leaked information you know what i mean because then you get your hopes set in one direction and then something can come out completely different exactly i 
as much as I do, if if it's big enough that it can pass my radar, yes, I will. Um, but I don't actively spend my nights searching for what's going to happen. I know. I, I think I've seen stuff on Twitter that people are already saying that they know everything that's going to happen. And you know what? If they do, then that's that's great for them. But uh, I like a little bit of the mystery with it. Uh, it's going to make exciting whenever it's going to make things a little bit more exciting than whenever everything does end up coming out. So uh, I, I'm just glad that Comcast was able. I mean, granted, they still didn't even come out and make it. I guess that it was part of the earnings call, I want to say. Oh, so they haven't officially, like, it was just one of those, like, we said something again by accident. Like what they did before with the Fast and the Furious. And, like, Michelle Rodriguez, was she the one who said it? She um, said, like, and when it comes to Orlando, and then they were like, no. Yeah, in that level. So it says, You're well, terrible. So I'm reading this one off of Biz Journals because that was the first article that I really caught whenever this all came off with uh, Richard. I, I've, I've met him before. I, I feel awful that I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Bilbao? Bilbao? Um, I believe it's pronounced Bilbo Baggins. Uh, yeah, just a little bit off from there. But uh, he wrote, while the theme park company has been silent on these rumors, Comcap. Comcast Corporation executives announced a land buy in today's uh, year-end 2015 earnings call. So oh, right the call the that wire. happened on February 3rd, it it did that. Um, and, you know, we, we have done stories in the past, too. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, it was Kong. It was Kong whenever we uh, listened to the earnings call and they said all the brand new attractions oh, yeah, that they're going to keep yeah. expanding at a historic pace, at pace including uh, the Kong attraction that's coming. So... Yeah, they they've done this before, so uh, you know, it's it's not out of the question. But I, I'm just glad that we know that there was uh, the land purchase did happen, and it should make for an exciting future for everyone who is a fan of Universal. Yeah, it's it's one of those great things about Universal. It's just you you just now it's there's so much excitement for what's next, and I like that they've kind of like pumped that idea in there. Where I, sometimes I feel like at Disney, people get like afraid of what's next because they don't want to lose what they've loved for so long. But but here it's it's kind of different. Like we don't even know what they could do. Who for all we know they could end up demolishing the two parking garages, building the park so everything touches right there and then that other land is for the overflow of the cars or like whatever, I don't know. But then right there, I just did it. Imagination. Yeah. I don't know if they would build on that, the parking garage land, just because I've heard stuff before about the parking garages are starting to, uh, one of them is starting oh, to they sink sinking? a little oh, bit. Oh, God, no. That's scary. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the problem Florida. with Florida. It's yeah. sinkholes everywhere. I was walking the other day, and I was like, this ground is giving, giving under my feet a little bit more than it used to. I'm a little nervous over here. Yeah, every time I feel like I can be okay with sinkholes, then I watch the video of the girl that was in like Winter Park or whatever that just fell through a sinkhole. And did that happen recently? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Oh, well, because I know Winter Park has one of the largest sinkholes in Florida. Is there because I went to the city permit building and they have like the framed photo, like sky view of it, and it shows like where the sinkhole opened up. And it's this massive, like building, building, building hole. Yeah, I, I think there's nothing more fitting for Orlando that the entire place is just like a sinkhole because um, it's like metaphorically and literally. Yeah. It's just America's sinkhole. It, it literally just pulls in everything down here. Like, but um, you know, if you ever hear your windows breaking, get out of your house, leave, because that is the foundation of your house sinking into the ground. Run sinkholes, people. 
They're a real problem. I think we know the outro now. <laughs> yes. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what else we'll get to. Uh, in other news, where uh, I'm going to jump around a little bit from my original plan because, well, you know, we don't have the graphics that go along with it or anything, so uh, we can do whatever we really want to. Um, so, uh, for for fans of Hard Rock Hotel, uh, and if you did pay attention to our Universal 7 and 7, uh, well, no, it wasn't a 7 and 7. It was our Land Sea. That's what it, we did. Our Land Sea coverage back in May of 2015. You'll know that uh, whenever we went over Hard Rock Hotel, uh, one of the things that we did uh, say was that, you know, despite the thoughts on the new rooms that were uh, that were refurbished and that, that Pete stayed in during that one, uh, I think one thing that we agreed on, all of us, unanimously, is that we absolutely loved the the hotel for all the props and everything, all the memorabilia. I shouldn't say props. It's not like it's in a movie, but all the memorabilia that's just completely littered all the way through the hotel. Um, some of the some of the coolest things that are from actual uh, musicians that they were they were allowed to put into the hotel to do it uh, to make it spruce it up a little bit, make it a little bit more unique and. Um, so universal and always wanting to keep things fresh, keep things different, and I guess Lowe's Hotel in this case because uh, they're the ones who are not—they are operating the hotel, not owning it—but they have started to go through a uh, reimagining with a lot of the 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 what memorabilia. Yeah. I already forgot the there word. They're starting to go through a change with all the memorabilia inside and uh, completely starting to change stuff out and make it a, a new experience for people who haven't been to the hotel in a while um, or people who do travel often and they're, they're sick of seeing the same stuff over and over again. They're now going to get a glimpse at some new things that technically weren't there before the last time, which I, I think is absolutely great that they're they're keeping it up and they're not just letting it become a museum for yeah. all these old memorabilia things. I agree. Completely. I I, I I like that you can go you can keep going and be like, this wasn't here last time. This is new. I d I don't know. It just keeps it all fresh. And it keeps it relevant. It makes it feel like, okay, the hard rock is a part of this flowing like industry. I don't know. I don't know if industry was the right word, but it just it, it, it doesn't make it feel like it's an isolated like okay, it's just a gimmick. It feels like okay, I'm here and this is relevant. Hmm. No, so that's an interesting viewpoint of it. Is it? No, absolutely not. But uh, you know, they did release a really cool video that kind of showed uh, their their main Elvis window that they had that was right beside like Velvet Bar on yeah, uh, and right in the middle of the lobby. Uh, they it's, you can catch that specific Elvis. Vi- um, window in the set, uh, the hard rock overview video i know i specifically added that in there because i love elvis and so do you so yes but unfortunately no more you will not see elvis in there so oh, they released no. this video what are we gonna see um well I'll, I'll show it to you now it's a little time lapse of them redoing the video so okay. it'll it'll throw in something to yeah. get rid of all this awkwardness that's been happening the entire time uh for you uh that are watching or listening you'll uh hear this you'll see this in the show notes why did i just say everything backwards there <laughs> Oh yeah, there's audio. Oh, I can't hear it. Okay. You can't hear Sorry. it. Sorry. So now we're just speaking over it. Sorry. 
so there you go. I believe that was uh, it. Ended up being a a new joint. Uh, who who are the? Does it say who those? Well, on the left, it was a costume I believe from John Lennon from A Hard Day's Night, the movie. Okay, and uh, I believe it was John Lennon. I can't remember exactly if it was him or if it was uh or if it was paul mccartney i know it was one of the two of them i want to believe john and then on the right was a mick jagger costume uh, yes do we know what happened to the elvis stuff um i believe elvis came back from the dead and reclaimed it in uh, bubba hotep style yes. unless he was never truly dead in, in a, which case well, that uh, would be bubba hotep style yes one can dream that that movie is actually based in reality <laughs> And all uh, Bruce uh, Campbell movies are, as I like to believe. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, you know, I know that was just a little weird, a little random, uh, but yeah, it it happened. It just happened. Ow. I just hit the table. I apologize. You did just hit the table. So, uh, closing out the buzz, I guess we are going to go in and talk about Mardi Gras since it's coming up this weekend. Uh Paul 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 Fage, the uh, director of the Ghostbusters movie coming out, uh, he liked a tweet. I tweeted to him this morning. I don't know if you're interested in that. I it's semi universal related because of Ghostbusters. Okay, go on. I'm interested now. So yesterday, I was just thinking they had released, or like two days ago, they released those more cast pictures, and I'm thinking like it's February, and that movie's supposed to come out in May. Where, where's the you know where's the trailer? Like, come on, and I'm. For me, anybody who knows me like knows my unhealthy Power Ranger obsession, but before Power Rangers, it was Ghostbusters. And I still love Ghostbusters, but so like when I was a kid, that was my thing. Well, I guess I was like a young, young kid because Power Rangers started when I was like eight. But um, so I tweeted at him and I was like, listen, I said, um, I need to know when we're getting that trailer because I need it in my life or whatever. And then literally like 30 minutes before I had done that, uh, there was a, a news story that said he had just said that the trailer was coming out. And I, well, I learned it by looking at his Twitter and he had just tweeted out right before that, that it was, uh, it was coming out by the end of the month. And so then I tweeted, I retweeted his tweet and said, probably should have actually read this before I tweeted at you the first time. And then he liked that. Oh, and so that made my day. Sabrina, the teenage witch's science teacher, liked one of my tweets. Yeah, I believe more people know him for heavyweights. Is he in the movie, or did he direct it? He's in the movie. He is the skinny counselor that used to be fat, but then he lost a bunch of weight. But he still comes back. Oh, see, I was—I think you're thinking of Ben Stiller. <laughs> no, no, Ben Stiller bought the camp. <laughs> So he could run the Perka system. Was he thin and then fat? Is that is that the one with the gym and Vince Vaughn? Yes, that would be dodgeball. Was he always? Was he also fat in heavyweights at one point, or does he just not like the fat people? No, he he used to be fat and he lost a lot of weight, and so then he decides that he's going to run the Perka system, his way of losing weight. I'm remembering like as we've talked about it more, like the memories have started fading back in, and now that you say that, like now I remember him in that movie. Yes, and I, I just want to point out that Heavyweights is not a universal film. This is a Disney, a Disney classic one, yeah. uh, produced by Judd Apatow. What? Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, not, not a directorial effort, but... No. Produced, but... Yeah. 
Anyway, I thought that was fun. That was cool. Maybe the, my hope is that this movie does so well that perhaps they'll bring back some Ghostbuster stuff into Universal. Or we'll get a sequel to Heavyweights. One of the two. I'd One be happy with either. Yes. Uh, so that had nothing to do with anything, really. Let's be fair. No, it didn't. Let's be fair. It had nothing to do with I anything. I thought you were trying to do something. Uh, so I, but, just, yeah. I was excited. No, you. Well, I'm very happy that you were excited uh, in those Ghostbuster news. Uh, the last thing I do, of course, as I already said five minutes ago, whenever we originally started to talk about this, was Mardi Gras. Coming up this weekend, uh, this weekend it's happening on Saturday for all y'all out there who are planning on coming. If you're going to show up on Friday, <laughs> don't. Rubenton, I guarantee. Exactly. Yeah, just... Step on back. It's not happening on Friday. It's happening on Saturday, kicking off with Hunter Hayes, uh, who I think we might have talked about him whenever we announced the the lineup of everyone that was going to be there. Still don't have any idea who he is. Don't really care. Uh, uh, Hopefully, we're going to be able to go uh, this Saturday to check out some of the new floats that were added to the parade. I know know I'm very excited about that because the parade is actually my favorite part of Mardi Gras. Uh, You know, it's, it's very different from what I know of the real Mardi Gras, but uh, I, I think it's it's one of my favorite parades in Orlando that actually happens ever. Uh, it, it's pretty good stuff. And so, yeah, that was, that was kind of a shameless plug for us, really saying that if we end up going on Saturday night, if it doesn't rain, then watch, watch out for our coverage there. So I know you're ready to go get some beignets. And some... Gumbo. I, I don't know. I was trying to think of... Uh... Uh, a New Orleans drink I could have. A mint julep? No, but it's something with alcohol. Let's not kid ourselves. Well, technically. It's Mardi Gras. A mint julep. I'm going to take my top is, off for some beads. A mint julep is alcoholic, just not a Disneyland mint julep. That is oh, not alcoholic. If they've got the mint juleps at uh, Mardi Gras, I will have several. Yes. Well, I'll have the one if it's terrible. I'm oh. not having more, but. Fantastic. Well, you can go and get that inside Finnegan. So, uh, yeah, but. The new floats that are happening, of course, the four new floats, I think they originally announced it as five, and then uh, the Post said they had the Venetian Carnival, Rio Carnival, Oktoberfest, and Fourth of July floats, Uh, and then once they realized they posted five and there's only four, they had to go back and change that. So four new floats should be cool, all very around-the-world-ish, like it. Hopefully it fits in with the theme, and they keep like the Mexico and the China float, so that way it really is a a worldly, worldly thing. And uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm and another thing that they are bringing back in terms of Mardi Gras uh, for anyone out there who has a smartphone. And really, I guess I should be saying for the one <laughs> percent of you. My that, friend Kim only has a flip phone, and she refuses to get a smartphone. It's a cork. But at the same time, I send her a picture on the phone, and she says, "I can't look at that." And I think, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Yeah. So for the one percent out there, including Kim, you won't be able to talk partake in the universal orlando mardi gras app that they actually released i believe they they released this last year like right at the last weekend and essentially yeah the app so essentially what it is it uses bluetooth technology and as you make your way around to different parts of the park you collect digital beads and so there are scavenger hunts for different (laughs) groups of people based on what you like to do so um so for the family night, you know, there's there's four different things include uh, goat stuff at Woody Woodpecker's Kid Zone and get some food in the French Quarter, have some fun. And uh, if you do this, then, you know, you get to the right area. It picks up on the Bluetooth and the app and it gives you your your digital beats. 
I, I know you just sound like I want to get in there and I want to do this. I don't care for him. If I can't wear him, don't care him. That makes no sense, but well, I think it's a fun way to get people to explore other parts of the park without being stuck in the same place. Just like I want to, you know, it, it gives people I'll never an incentive complain about the addition of like activities to do at that stuff too. On top of the fact that it's already free, you know, you're so you're getting you're getting an actual parade. People are throwing beads out at you. You've got a performance by sometimes somebody that people all know, and you know, so yeah. like you really can't beat it. That's so, how they're doing this thing. So maybe we'll have to check the app out. No, no, we absolutely will check, we'll check the app out because the big reason why uh, I, I made a big deal about this last year is because the, there's four different cho- choices that you can go with. You can go with family night, date night, music lovers, or food lovers. Uh, so for the date night one, they say, you know, kick the night off at Emeralds with a meal, a nice romantic dinner from a New Orleans chef. Uh, stop in the French Quarter Courtyard and listen to one of the Zedeco bands or Zydeco. I forget how Corey says it. I'm not. I'm not from there. I'm ignorant. Um, listen to one of those. Get some dessert, beignets, and then if you end the night off by going to Hard Rock Hotel to check out some of that um, memorabilia that we just spoke about, then all you have to do is show this app. And the tour map, and you will receive a free drink at the Velvet Bar. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I mean, you can't ever turn down a free no, drink. No, I'm ve- I'm actually a little taken back by that. Yeah, it's it's a nice can little we, incentive. Can we do like a dis on like a little like? Can we do that and be like, we made it? Here's our free drink that we got. You and you and I when we go. I don't know. But what I do know is that the drink is cannot exceed $14 in value. So that's still You can get a beer. Yeah, you can get you could get you could get like a margarita for that. Yeah. Like. No, you, you you absolutely could uh with the prices of drinks at Universal, you could get a decent drink out of that one. So I think it's cool. Uh, again, the other ones are like Family Night, uh what I said, Family Night Food Lovers, uh Music Lovers, and then there's also the chance to get bonus beads. So uh, you got that Bluetooth on. Maybe you uh, came across something that you didn't know was on there. It might pop up in your bonus beads. There's beads? A- beads. 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 <laughs> so uh, also, you know, it's they have this part of it where there's, it's a section down at the bottom that says parade. And so while the parade's going, you take a picture of the floats with in the parade section of it, and it adds a fun little frame to your picture oh it's really really cute the picture that they gave to show about it in their blog uh it, it looks it, it makes it look really cute so uh i'm excited for mardi gras you're excited for mardi gras hopefully we will be able to get out there this weekend to check it out if not it's going until when it's going until the middle of April, um, but we'll be we'll be out there before it. If we'll not get there this early. week, yeah, we're not waiting till April to show you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it will be either this week or next week with Dana Who's Ross. Dana Ross. D- Dana Ross. D- Dana Ross. Dana Ross. Dana Ross. Dana Rust. I'm very tempted to go next week. Oh, see? Oh, God, I hate myself for even trying to make a joke out of that. I was waiting for the crickets to come in. 
I I'm they want never one of these days that we invest in a soundboard where we can pre-program the buttons. So there's just like a cricket's noise. There's a, you know, like, what was the one I wanted to do the other day? We can have the child catcher noise pre-programmed in there. And just so whoever sits back there gets to just, you know, like a Rosie O'Donnell. Whenever she played Tommy, can you hear me? Well, yeah, we Gay we trap. actually have one of those. It's from back in the day. Everyone who's a longtime Diz Unplugged uh, fan would know of the Prize Matron that existed way way in the past and uh, made its made its way off of the show, which which was sad. But yeah, so Pete did have lots of sounds. That's how we used to do the intro whenever it was audio, and even in the first start of the video, it was all all of that was run off the sound the sound uh, machine that we had so hmm i want to find it i i saw it at one point somewhere around here so it still is around and exists so maybe maybe eventually we'll have to dust off the prize matron and not bring back the prizes too we Wait, have, i was just gonna say who called it the prize did it is that like its factory name or did you name okay. it that because of the thing i'm getting so, very like french steward eyes in this chair so yeah you do um mm. <laughs> It's the lights. <laughs> uh, part part of the prize Matron is that Pete would have, you know, we'd have all these prizes we could give away to people on it. And so, uh, you know, they would pick a number yeah. and he had all the prizes loaded up in the prize Matron. So then he would pick the number and it would be a recording of him saying like, oh, you know, you have just received two tickets to Lanuba and it would all be random. And, you know, every time a number was chosen, then it. It made its way out of there, so you couldn't choose it again, and a lot, a lot of cool show. stuff on it. Oh yeah, it was it was very game showish in that way. So that's why it was the prize matron because it was used to give away prizes. Cool. Well, I'm done talking about that now. <laughs> done talking about it? Yeah, I think so. Very cool. Also, I think I, you know, it's hard. This is the first time in weeks I've been able to like look at my laptop while we're doing this, and these people in chat are just talking about have been talking about Greece live. Uh, for the last 20 minutes, and now it's Doctor Who not being on Netflix anymore, so hmm. we've lost everyone. Yeah, I'm so glad that you all are interested in what we're actually talking about. Uh, it's it's definitely encouraging to know that uh, you're more here to talk to each other and not about stuff we're discussing. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's uh, nothing like a good old pat on the back. <laughs> good job, gang. Exactly. Yeah. So Good confidence booster here today. With that, we're, we're going to go out of the buzz, and we're going to talk about... Uh, a celebration of Harry Potter 2016. Uh, I know. I was hoping you'd still talk so I could hum that underneath. Oh, I okay. Saying. Now I'll talk. I was I was really bummed out because I explained to Rhino before I had this really... I, I titled this a celebration of Mr. Potter because it was supposed to be a celebration of Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. And I, I was going to be very clever. Oh, Mr. Potter. I was going to be very clever with it, and I, I lost my chance in being clever because technology hates me today. And it so, does. You're I a guess, rough in, of it. yeah. Instead, we're just going to talk about a celebration of Harry Potter. So, the three-day weekend kicked off this past Friday mm-hmm. uh, and ran until Sunday. And if you guys weren't following us on Twitter at Dis Universal, then you really missed out on a lot because uh, Rhino and JL just they went crazy on this event. They mm. were. Uh, they were kicking A and taking names and all that. and uh, So scroll back in. We don't tweet anything purposely. So that way when something big does happen, you can go back and see everything that just happened within 
the past few weeks. So I highly recommend doing that. If not, you can always go to youtube.com slash WDW info, check out a lot of the videos, um, from the event that Rhino put up a whole, whole bunch of them, like seven or eight or nine. I don't, uh, I don't even I think know. It was like seven, seven by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, you did, you did an absolute fantastic job. But a lot of this is uh, we're not going to go into like everything that happened during the weekend because uh, a the highlights. Well, a, a it's not really it happened. Um, I think we've talked about a celebration yeah. of Harry Potter enough uh, from the, in the past to to everyone knows what it is at this point. It's the fan celebration that happens. Some of the film talent shows up. Uh, some good, some not so good, and there's an expo center with some crap in it, and it, it's just a place where everyone can come together and celebrate these movie series that they love. It's fantastic for some people. Uh, in this case, I, after covering it the past two years and the opening of Diagon Alley, and I don't want to sound like stuck up in any way by this, but I just had a little bit too much of a celebration of Harry Potter, and it just felt like I was seeing and hearing the same things over and over and over again. And so this year I chose to send Rhino and JL, of course, and uh, a lot of the reason I wanted Rhino to go was last year he was busy during the celebration weekend, so he didn't get I to out, yeah. he didn't get to experience it at all. And so uh, that that was the first time perspective that we lost last year. We had JLs. But this year, since Rhino was able to be a part of it, we yeah, got we did his have JLs. But I'm going to explain to you something that happened to me at oh, one point okay. during the weekend, and I I even brought this up to uh, God, who was I talking to? One of my friends, because I was like, oh, it would this would have been a really cool thing for like you to go with me for, and you could have like temporarily like worked with us or something like that. Because mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's hard, it's hard because I am a very big Harry Potter fan. Like I read all the books, I love the movies. You know, I don't know how many times I've seen them, watch them. And like I said, I'll go to the park, that area of the park, anytime. And like I love the minutia of everything. Like I love coming up with ideas. Oh, it was Steve? It was Steve Porter? He already works for us. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, you should have come. Be- you could have been the person to come because. He he knows Harry Potter. He might not know Universal, but he... I mean, I wouldn't say he's like me in the level of, like, I like Harry Potter. Like, you're probably... I probably like it a little more than you. Not 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 more than you, but just we, we like it in different ways, you know? I get very, like, obsessive. And um, JL, at one point, leaned over to me. <laughs> you might be able to hear it in one of the <laughs> videos. And she goes, what's that golden ball called again? And I was like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> uh, but I said snitch, you know. I was talking about another word that rhymes with snitch. But um, but it was just, it made me laugh. But she, like, she likes Harry Potter. I'm not saying she doesn't like Harry Potter. But she, it's weird yeah. sitting there with somebody who, she only knows the movies. And she only knows them as of, like, a year ago. So she was excited in, like, a different way than I was. You know, and it was just funny seeing it from that kind of a perspective or something like that. But, but yeah. Um, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to tell you? You want me to tell you how it all went down or, uh, well, yeah, well, I see, I'm going to, I'm going to go with it, uh, from a couple different, uh, question perspectives on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, obviously you've, you've talked a little bit about how you view Harry Potter, um, yeah. and how much of a fan you are. And I am too, of course, very different since I, I did spend a lot of time working there and well, you, I call and you've Hogwarts also, my home. Uh, you've read and 
the yeah. books and like the movies, and so you have a little bit more of like you're you're like a student because you work there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I was a student blood. at Hogwarts, and it's one of the you know I'm proud of a lot of things I've done in my life, and a lot of people might not take pride in working at a theme park whenever they did, and uh, I can absolutely say I did. I loved being a part of that. I I feel like the people who get to work there, uh, they have a connection to the Harry Potter world that and not not calling the wizarding world of Harry Potter Harry Potter world just no. the whole universe yeah. of Harry Potter that a lot of people can't say except for the ones who no, were you're... a part of these elements like yeah. the movies or but even then like you're like directly connected to it because it's it's an it's not like it's a place that's like I mean it's licensed out yeah but but like JK Rowling herself walks through walks through those streets like she said this is okay the costume you're wearing she said that's okay for you to wear that costume like yeah. and you so you are like you probably have the closest connection that anybody who didn't work on a film or you know or illustrator of the books or anything like that that anybody has yeah i'm glad you said that i absolutely agree i am just that important um but so let's take that aside and i'm gonna start with the base question for anyone who just happened to plan their vacation during this weekend unaware of a celebration of harry potter was actually happening Mm -hmm. or not caring about it uh in terms of the events happening the activities how how intrusive do you think it is? Um, I don't think it was very intrusive. I, I it it's kind of like so um, the some of the panels, the panels in Islands of Adventure um, on that side are held in the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater, and that amphitheater is not used normally. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. if anybody knows the area, like you go over from Marvel and you take a big like right hand curve that goes into Toon Lagoon, but it's a very wide laned area there. So even then, people coming and going out of that theater, it never became disruptive of like. Oh, people are trying to get by. People yes. are trying to do anything, and so I, I'd, I'd say. And then in the Universal Studios side, they use the music um, stage, um, you know, where they do the concerts for Mardi yeah. Gras and stuff. And uh, if you've ever been there, it's got a very massive lawn. And what they do whenever they're having an event like this is they'll put up the metal fences in the back, and it kind of keeps that area fenced in. And um, so you know, you're aware something's about to happen there, but. It's trying to like separate the two. So Universal is very conscious about trying to keep that that walkway, that street open between Monsters Cafe and and the 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 stage, keep it free flowing. So it doesn't it doesn't become impactful. Um, so I would say that is the area where if you were had planned your vacation, had no interest in um, in uh, Harry Potter that you were probably only felt it a little bit there. Like maybe you, yeah. you were trying to get through or something and you were like, Oh, there's a lot of people dressed very funny here. Um, but I, I just say like, obviously the wizarding areas were very full. Yeah. Like, like it, I was, it was like full, like opening day full in Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley was also very, very crowded. Uh, so, you know, other than that though, I think it was just a busy day in the park. Yeah, well, I think it was over early. I know you just, you just mentioned costumes, so yeah. uh, of course, like with a lot of the security things that have been happening uh, in in terms of theme parks recently, uh, was was there a lot of cosplay happening this weekend? Did you see a lot? Yeah, Did, were there it, rules against it? Um, yeah, there was like posted rules when you came in the park. There was a thing. It said like rules to follow the costume, and um, th- the thing about Harry Potter though is it's so rooted in reality that 
you know, if I were to cosplay as like Harry Potter, or I don't know, I have a beard. I'd have to be somebody with a beard. But if, if I if I were to cosplay as a character, most likely I'm just wearing clothes. Like it's just regular. Well, I'm not naked, but um, you know, it's just it's it's uh, it's it's you know, if you're gonna go as a student in your house, you just have your sweater and your tie and your robes, the robes that you buy that they buy and sell in the park. Basically, you could cosplay as a character. And you could buy everything that you need to be that character in the park. So they can't really tell you not to wear any of that stuff. Now, there were some, uh, you know, there was, I, I think I saw Moaning Myrtle at one point. So she yeah. had like a toilet seat over her head. And, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and that's always a good one. And um, one guy, and I believe he might have, it's the same guy who was going to come to Dizapalooza when we we had that in Diagon Alley, for anybody who didn't know, in December. Uh we said no costumes, and I believe that, like, everybody on our level, they wanted to enforce, like, no robes or anything, too, really, unless you were, like, under 14 or whatever the Disney rule is. So so there was a guy who wanted to come dressed as Gilderoy Lockhart, Harry Potter's Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher and the second in uh, Chamber of Secrets. And uh, I think that guy was there at the park today, but that guy was kind of, like... I like I walked by him once earlier and in, in Hogsmeade and he I don't know if he had asked somebody to take a picture or somebody asked if they could take a picture of him or something like that but he was very like I am Gilderoy Lockhart and here I am and like you're taking a photo of me and this was like he was far too into it and like I knew he didn't work there but later on I saw that guy again and we were with um uh a friend we made over the weekend uh and he asked to take a picture of him, and the guy was like, no, according to Universal Security, I cannot, blah, 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 you know, like, take a photo or yeah. anything like that. So they did get on him about, he just took it too far. You know what I mean? You look like you're about to ask me a question. I'm not about to ask you a question. I just want to point out that I, I know him. Is, I won't say his last name. His first name's Lon. So Okay. Yeah, he's... yeah. Which is fine. He, he. I'm not saying anything against being a dressing up like that. Like that, I think that should be allowed. It's just kind of. I'm just giving you the warning that if you're going to go in and try and like take photos and places with people, you know, you've kind of got to be careful how you do it. Like I would even say when they go to ask to take the photo, be like, just so you know, I don't work here. I'm just a big fan. Yeah, I want to. I want to say, uh, and again, I we're friends on Facebook and just sent a couple messages back and forth in the past and uh, from. I, I believe he said that it was his first time ever cosplaying. And so I think, you know, I, and that would honestly, for me, if you're cosplaying, I wouldn't think you're just dressing up. I would think you're trying to go into the actual role that you're dressing up as. Otherwise, cosplaying is just dressing it's up. It's really good costume. It's just, yeah. it's just adults dressing up. And I don't want to offend anyone out there, but... Um, I'm not sure about that rule. I don't know if that I don't know if that is the rule or not. Like when you put on the cosplay, like you are that character. I think that you actually you're like supposed to. I think you're right though. Maybe like you're supposed to absorb that demeanor, like and become that person. That's the know? only thing I think that Separate. keeps it from making you have questionable life choices. Uh, but I'm not going to get into that. Regardless, yes, you are still allowed to. Uh, right, go to this event just in the, costume. The issue was he looks like Gilderoy Lockhart. Like this guy looks like Kenneth Branagh, you know, a lot, it, and not even 
like enough that if they were looking for a, a, an actor in the thing to play the role to meet and greet with guests, this guy would probably get the job. In this, this uh, I'm going to go ahead and speak again in this. This isn't something that is just related to Universal. This happened all the time at Star Wars weekends with Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People would come in like really awesome Darth Vader suits, which obviously they weren't allowed to wear the mask because of that, and just being really great costumes. But then all of a sudden, when too many people wanted to take pictures with them, yeah, that's whenever Disney would step in and say, "No, you can't, you can't do this." Um, so just be allowed. be very so. verbal about it when somebody asks you that. If you're going to dress up, I would just be like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," but because there was a, there was a, like one or two Bellatrix Lestrange that I saw that were really good um, and very convincing that could have been theme park. So as long as you just you know, whenever somebody asks to take a photo. That's one thing, but yeah. Um, but that's so, but but other than that, like you you know, yeah, it was it was it's fun to see people. There was like some girl had made the Luna the lion head yeah. that she wears that I love, and um, you know there was there was just some fun stuff. But since Harry again, since there was no like Voldemort's because you can't you can't Cover get involved in that face makeup. So uh, going off this in terms of the panels that you were able to attend. Uh, do they, did you, as a huge fan, did you find them interesting? I mean, be honest. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, not a panel. The first thing we did was the Q and A with the Harry Potter cast, and that involved. Um, and if you haven't seen it, the whole the whole panel is up on our um, YouTube play, uh, YouTube page, and it had. Um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. So it had like Ginny Weasley. It had. Um, it had Bonnie Wright. It yeah, Bonnie Wright. Rupert that's her name. Grint. Rupert Grint. Who plays who Ron Weasley. It, it had Matthew Lewis. Lynch. Matthew. Yeah, well, I, I knew everybody except and Bonnie Katie Wright's Katie Lung. Yes. Leung. Cho Chang. Cho Chang. And uh, so, which I was like, oh, this is cool. This is fun. This is going to be interesting. Other than Luna, I, well, I'd say like the girl, the Cho Chang, she wanted to be there. Like yeah. she was kind of like, she was very, um, Soft-spoken. She's very much like that character that you see in the movie, is, yeah. is how I imagine. That, that's her actual personality. Um, and kind of the same with Ivana Lynch. She's, she's just a little more eloquent than she is in the movie, but she's very much that like kind of flowery girl. Like I don't know if that's the right word, but um, all very nice. Matt Lewis has some sort of porn star m- mustache, mustache going on with really big mutton chops. And... Um, uh, so some of the questions got involved into being like fantastic beasts and where to find them and and you know and if if something were to happen you know would you just kind of like would you revisit this world and it it was a little depressing to basically hear these everybody who up there I'm sure the oldest one up there is 24 or 25 and they're like no it was basically the resounding answer except for Ivana Ivana who was like in a heartbeat and you know and that's the you know that's the thing like it kind of it was a little it was a little hard to not hear. It, they didn't say it necessarily in a negative way. They said some really nice things, but the, the way they were kind of like saying the nice things, like for me, if you're somebody who like keeps up in the media and pop culture stuff, like you hear how people discuss when they kind of don't want to be in a role anymore, and they're not always like Daniel Craig threatening to cut their wrists when they don't want to be James Bond anymore. But they'll say like, I think I've you know what else could they do with this? And I don't think I could you know they're trying to be like have a no burn bridges exit and these and that's what i felt like they were saying and it was it was a little like uh it was a little sad it's a little sad because you think to yourself like you know you're 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 i don't want to like say but you're like life and existence 
is this was is all thankful to these movies like you'll never have to do anything again yeah and whenever they're no longer successful at doing it then they'll start to embrace it again right it, it'll come back around but right now they just want out of it to try to define themselves in another way um so this uh, without the film talent obviously those panels are always going to be interesting celebrities who doesn't yeah, love yeah them? yeah the other little side ones that you got to see would you say it's worthwhile to go to hear these things or would you say it's kind of a snooze okay it and i i think that um, to help yourself out, check any research you can do about what the panel is going to involve. Check that out. Like who who's in the panel? So we were doing the the Pierre Bohana, and I've heard his name before, and and said, and like I didn't really, you know. So I I did a little research ahead of time, and I'm like, okay, he was the um, prop master for or. I don't think it was prop master, but he was like the head prop maker or something yeah. on all eight of those movies and and some other movies that I've enjoyed. Like um, he made the exoskeleton suit for. Uh, edge of tomorrow uh-huh. and stuff like that so for me as like a film student i and somebody who enjoys that much of film i was like oh i'm ex- i want to go i want to hear and and i almost went to school originally for like that sort of a stuff yeah. like special effects makeup prop making and stuff like that and so that for me was like this is going to be awesome and it was it was it was good it was interesting that was a good panel um, and then they had a fun little like surprise where Matt Lewis came out and they, sh- they, there were the best part was when they showed how Matt Lewis pulled the sword of Gryffindor out of the head, uh, out of the head, oh, out of the hat. sorting hat in the last movie. And I was like, Oh, that's cute. Like it was a practical effect. And, yeah. and I, I thought it was just collapsible blade, but that's not what it was. So it was kind of neat. Like for me, I was like, Oh, that made this worth it. I wish there had been more of those moments, but I feel like sometimes they're afraid to alienate. Yeah, certain people from coming or something, but but that that one was good. Like you know, and again, I had done some research because I wasn't just like, oh, they're going to talk about whatever. Like you have to know what was the other one I went to. It had the two guys, and it was bringing the Wizarding World, bringing the films to the to the theme parks. Yeah, and that one was that one was okay. It it was it was, it seems like it would be really interesting. Like like one guy didn't really seem like if you watch the video on youtube the one on the left i can't remember which one's which um it was eric baker and, uh, and eric's the the guy with like the beard right i think he's the younger looking one of the yeah the, uh, the other guys uh, Matt, from Mike? creative yeah i can't remember the creative guy Wallace, seemed yeah. more more into like i i kind of wanted to hear more about his job the other one didn't really like he didn't really seem like he was actually too involved in it. Like he was more like a paper guy than anything else. Than like how do we create these things? And that for me, what I was hoping for, I don't know. It it it. it what's really cool is that the that panel though had they opened it up for Q and A session. So it's kind of like the fans can make it whatever they want to make it. Exactly. You know? So and that's that's a, that's a good thing to keep in mind when you go to these two is that you're gonna have there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for you to actually get to ask some of these questions that you want to ask. Yeah. So the expo, uh, I know just based off of seeing it on Twitter and such that it was getting ridiculous amounts of long lines up to, uh, I saw at one point it was up to a 180 minute line to get into the expo center. Uh, I know you had a little bit more priority access of it being there as media. Was there anything worthwhile to go into the, the expo center? Um, again, I'm honest, trying to please. think something worthwhile to go in there. Uh, I mean, they had the merchandise that was the same merchandise, but it, like we talked about before the show, it was your exclusive. You know, the the art print was like on the T-shirt, the hoodie. It was a nice hoodie and stuff like that. Um, well, they had the the making of Harry Potter London tour. The exhibit they had that, was the in exhibit. there, yeah. yeah. And 
I'd say that's really cool because I I did the exhibition in New York too when they came, and that's a little different. You know, that's more of the prop stuff. So I, I'd say like that would have probably been worth it. However, it it kind of it kind of sucks because you had to wait. 45 minutes to get into the expo but then when you got into the expo there was another really long line to wait to get into the prop yeah. the, into the Warner Brothers studio tour yeah and like but but I will say if you went in there was some nice giveaways inside of there they were there was you know you could get like a little paper tie that had like whatever house you were yeah they had the Pottermore the giant map that showed where all the new schools are and then um you know, there was a wall in there that it was from Scholastic, and it was, what does Harry Potter mean to me? And you could sign the wall, and I, re- I ended up writing on it. But they were giving out a very nice uh, big, like, a, um, probably at least, maybe like a little less than 24 by 36, next size down, poster of... Um, 16 by 20. Yeah, the Harry Potter illustrated... Um, I think it was bigger than that, but the hmm. Harry Potter illustrated edition, like a... a uh, Nice little framed oh, photo, very cool right there. But that so for me, I was like, I really liked that picture, so it was worth it for me for that. Yeah. So uh, I believe we do have a clip here to show real quick of the Expo Center oh, yeah. for everyone out there. So I'm going to cut to that real quick. What? Yep, that's uh, that's how I felt. I couldn't sleep very well that night after, you know. Are you playing the sound again? Because I can't, I can't hear it. Oh no, you're just staring at me. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but you uh, do have a video up there of the uh, the yeah. expo. So if you want to watch that, go go to YouTube.com/slash/wdwinfo again to watch it. What um, was the name of the designer people? Amina Lima. Amina Lima like had a booth there, and I I thought they they had a lot of props from the movie that were actually really like. This is where like Jenny Lynn and I differ. Where I'm like pointing out and being like, "There's Dumbledore's book. There's there's the three brothers." And she was like, "What's the three brothers? What's the tale of Beetle the Bard?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna slap you, Jenny Lynn. Like, let's. Go. I wanted to like put her down and just like you know do the eye machine and make her watch yeah. all eight movies in a row again." Yeah. No, I, I love everything that Mina Lima does. They are brilliant designers. Uh, I want to touch on just two more things really quick before we wrap up here. First. Um, the tribute to Alan Rickman. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there was um, – it was a nice little – on that Friday night when they started the opening ceremony at the music stage. They didn't like really – I don't think they said they were doing it, but it's just the first thing. The lights all went out and they started. And you can watch the video of the video on our page again. But it was a nice little like turn to page 394. Like – little clips of yeah. him in the movie and then it, it said like thank you in like 10 15 different languages and um you know showed his photo and said a, you know a little tribute to that so that was very nice that they acknowledged that and then um there was a there was like an unofficial uh tribute that happened on uh grimwald place outside of the apartment outside yeah. of the house with um all the fans gathered and did a little wand raising i had a little like a clip of it but it i don't it's 10 seconds, so it's I can't yeah. really show you, and you can't hear anything. So it was a nice thought, though. Very Good. nice. So, so uh, just wrapping up here, uh, in terms for your first time, do you think it was interesting for first-timers? And uh, based on what you saw, would you go again next year to, uh, if you weren't working for it, would you go next year as a fan to try to get uh, back into more of it? See, I don't I don't know. That's, that's where I kind of came down to it, is that it – 
I was I was I was talking to Jenny Lynn about it too. Is that it's hard because there's no like Disney event to really compare this to, uh-huh. and there's no other real theme park event like this that that does it. So I very much enjoy that they have this. Um, with that said, like I think they're trying to make it like a Comic Con or Mega Con or whatever, like a convention. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't because it's so large. I guess like the theme parks are so large, it doesn't quite have that same kind of caught up in it i i honestly think that universal should allow how at conventions they have like outside people set up booths or something like that like they should they should bring in more of potter community into yeah. it and see what they can do with like muggle net or something yeah. like that and 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 if they did that i think this thing would be a hundred percent worth going to um I thought the party they did on Friday night, they had an, if you'd gotten the all access thing, they had. The exclusive vacation package. Yeah. So it was you, they had Diagon Alley open to you and you got, it was like what we did for Dizapalooza. So it was all the butterbeer and ice cream you could eat or drink. And I really wish I'd had my camera going at one point because the guy, I was in line for the ice cream. And when I was in there, the guy, like six or seven people in front of me, he was like, I'm going to get this ice cream and this ice cream. And he was just excited. He was just excited to be there. And then he was like, do you do annual pass holder discounts or whatever? And he was like, here. And the guy was like, no, this ice cream is free. And the guy was like, what? You're kidding. And he was like, "You." his life had just, he was already, you could tell, really enjoying himself. And I was like, man, that guy didn't even know the ice cream was free. And that guy was just like, this is the best day of my life. Like, he was so happy. And, and I don't know, that was a nice moment for me, but. They also had like chips and hummus, which was really weird, randomly about on carts yeah. and stuff. But I thought that party was cool. Like that was a really cool event. Um, so I guess if you were if you are a big fan of Harry Potter, you're planning it coming at that time of the year, then I would say maybe scoot your vacation over to to get involved in one of the two of these days. But don't feel like you have to come and be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday for it. Pick a day, Friday or Saturday, and I would say like. That's my day. I'm going to go and I'm going to participate in my Harry Potter stuff and then go when it's over and enjoy yourself, you know, on like Monday or something like that. Very good. Well, thank you again, Rhino, for going and covering all that and coming back with some great videos. So uh, everyone out there who's interested into it, uh, again, for the third time, please go check out YouTube.com slash WDW info to see all the amazing work that Rhino and JL did this weekend. Um, So with that, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, I want to thank everyone for going through this with us just like you do every week um and make sure if uh, you want to have any more information to anything that we talked about today head to uh, our show notes page at disunplug.com click the blue universal part uh that will that will guide you to everywhere you need to go for anything about the universal edition podcast and also all the other podcasts that are a part of the disunplugged podcast network uh, as well as our contact if you ever want to email us and uh, send us anything we're getting really close to being able to do another email show here uh soon uh but we need your two we need yeah we're up to two once we get to three we feel like we could fake it enough uh so if you want to send us anything just of course disunplug.com go there you'll find the links to all that uh make sure uh if you didn't hit it yet I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, hit that thumbs up button if you liked it. If you didn't, everyone, go go hit the thumbs down button and, you know, just, just make us look awful. It's fun. I do it all the time to people. They love it. Uh, and also, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash disunplugged. That's where all our shows are. And again, subscribe to youtube.com slash info so you can see all the creative videos that we're putting up and all our theme park videos. Uh, and then also, while I'm at it, subscribe to us on iTunes if you're not yet. If you're listening out there, uh, do it. It's worth it. 
promise. Uh, and make sure you're following our social media pages. Uh, again, you missed out on everything this weekend if you weren't following us on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So, uh, again, thank you. Thank you very much to everyone out there. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, with an intro and an outro and Jenny Lynn on <laughs> the Disunplugged Universal Edition. So we'll we'll see. Can't can't promise you anything, but we'll we'll see what happens. But thank you again and we will see you next week. <laughs>